Hey there, Film Buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm Lauren. And uh, we're back after a little bit of a delay. Uh, we were on a little bit of a, of a vacation uh, this week. Um, we, were, we were actually visiting the in-laws, your parents, mm-hmm. um, which was great. It was nice to, to get away for a little while and get off work. Yes, yes, gosh, time away from work is always nice. Yeah, and it was great to see uh, to see that side of the family, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a, a state away, and so we don't see them, you know, all that routinely, and so it's always good to go and, and visit them. Yes, yes, I mean, obviously not as routinely as, as your folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and, you know, it was also a little bit of our Christmas trip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tis the season. Um, so... This week, uh, for Film Buds, we decided to change things up a little bit from doing our four-year consideration uh, sort of campaign, and uh, instead we decided to do James Cameron's recently released Avatar, The Way of Water. Yes. Um, I guess before we we get too far into uh, the discussion on the film, um, you know, we reviewed the film itself earlier this year. Uh, you can go and, and listen to the review of that. We did that one with Nick. Um, yes. The, the same episode that we did for Gully. Yes, the original Avatar. Yeah. Um, so we did, the, we did the first movie earlier this year, uh, and since the new one was out, it felt natural to, to go and, and do um, the new one. Um, but we also saw the re-release, of course, of, of the first one. Yes, um, In yes. theaters as well. Great time. Um, so I guess going into it, um, what were some of your expectations, you know, before before we start talking about the movie too much? Did you have any expectations for it? Um, were you excited for the film? Um, I guess I really didn't know what, how we were going to get to the, the way of water. It, I guess it felt like a, we were almost doing an, an Avatar, The Lost, Last Airbender kind of thing yeah you know we we're like we, we last did... season we did the air tribe and now we're doing the water tribe exactly kind of exactly and so i was like i don't really know what what that has has to do with anything you know or how we're bringing back you know these characters again in this new way after so much time has passed you know um and so i was curious about about what, where they were going with it i really had no idea to be completely frank because you know me i'm not really like a a spoilers of my own accord person like I don't go searching for things I don't look things up so um you know I really just had that very vague trailer to go off of and and that was that was pretty much it so um I don't know I felt like I guess um I was less excited about this than the average viewer was going into it do you know why um, I don't know, and maybe just because of the hype. You know, I was all I was all tuckered out of the um the just buzz for the years it. of waiting kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and everybody, you know, everybody loves Avatar and and maybe 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 that's the reason why I was like, "Oh gosh, here we go again, guys." You know, another another reason to 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 jack off James Cameron and uh, 
And I just don't know if I've got the energy. Egomaniac James Cameron. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, his movies are great, but it was just, you know, it was such a, a touchstone for a generation that, like, I was like, I don't know if I've got it in me for, for another one of these guys, you know. Um, and maybe I guess I was just, you know, how can you, how can you top the thing that, that shook the world? You no, know? I certainly understand that. Um and I mean, to your point, you know, it's kind of that uh, Lana Wachowski talked about, you know, after Matrix, you know, mm-hmm. and the the announcement of, of another Matrix movie, you know, it's like, how, how are you going to top the last one? And it's like, how am I going to top being like one of the most groundbreaking sci-fi movies ever? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a lot of pressure. And like, I can't not... really do it. And to a certain degree, I'm really not sure that James Cameron... Well, we'll get into that. Um, I'm not sure that he's necessarily, to a degree, ever trying to top his last movie. I think he's always trying to top himself. Oh, that's Um, interesting. And I think that he's always trying to find ways to push himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not dissimilar to a degree to, like, a, a Tom Cruise type. Mm-hmm, Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that Tom Cruise's next chapter could be directing and and pushing for the more and more, you know, insane shot, you know, or this this more grandiose vision. Because um, I think that it could be a similar sort of adrenaline rush for him. No, yeah, but I think that that's also why he hasn't done it yet, is because at the end of the day, until he is physically maimed in a way that he can't do stunts ever again, nobody will ever allow him to do that, you know, he's paralyzed from the waist down or something. Um, I think that, I think that we're gonna still see Tom, you know, try and physically top himself every time. It's almost like this, even though I'm aging, I'm only getting, you know, better, like a, like a fine wine, you know, yeah. uh, I'm 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 going to to greater lengths than I've ever gone, than than I could have ever thought I could have gone in my twenties, kind of thing. This yeah. this 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 search for almost like anti aging. Mm-hmm. The no. fountain of youth. Yeah, I see that. Um. And uh, I I think that Cameron, you know, is is constantly trying to to do that and to to push technology you know mm-hmm. i think that that's his drive right is this constant one-upsmanship of himself mm-hmm. um which i think is a really unique way to go about like a filmmaking process well, i mean you talked about technology you know um the the fact that he is he is so smart you know and then the the he's he's been creating science fiction movies for you know for generations and, and i guess you know even even though um titanic is not science fiction at at a certain point it is it's it's science fact it's it's how exactly you know the titanic sank to the bottom of of the ocean yeah you know in a very technical sense of what is the the math and science behind this whole event and and how can i portray this on film yeah how do i sink one of the biggest you know single ship disasters ever put you know, in, in the history books. How do I go and put that on film? Yeah, yeah. How yeah, do yeah, I yeah. capture a boat of that scale? How do I break it? Because I can't do a miniature. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not still going to be, gonna be enormous as well, you know, for me to go and try and create a tank by which I could do that. It's mm-hmm. going to be 
gargantuan. And honestly, this kind of like restraint that he has to to wait for not only the physical um, technology to advance to where he needs it to, but also the um, you know this theoretical science as well that he he'll put into his his movies um, to to also make it feel more more grounded in a in a reality that we can understand you know these these machines operate in in ways that we can comprehend so therefore they are real you know this is real physics they're all um uh conceivable yeah and um i think that that's also what helps with a lot of his his groundbreaking um filmography as well as the fact that it is living in this realm of of um heightened reality yeah. I think the only time that James Cameron maybe could you could make the argument that he's ever really gone competitively against like another filmmaker, you could maybe make the argument that he did so with Aliens okay. where he intentionally set out to up what Ridley did with Alien. Um mm-hmm. and he he to a degree he ate his lunch. Um well, I mean, they can't all be winners, you know. No. But yeah. also that's what happens, you know, when he's not doing something that is his baby kind of thing, you know, something that he's had his hands on from the beginning. He's doing a sequel. Mhm. You know, I I don't think that there are any other sequels that James Cameron has done that aren't I guess his own. Yeah, not that I can really recall. Yeah, cuz you know, he did T Terminator and T2. Mhm. Um no, and he doesn't really have a lot of sequels in there other than, you know, now Avatar. Um, would you would you equate James Cameron as a director to almost like a, I guess, like a Tolkien? You know, this person who has all of the, the cards to the story already laid out in their brain and is just having to, to find a way of telling the story through their, through their chosen medium. That's interesting. Let's get there. Okay. Um, so Avatar The Way of Water came out this Friday. Uh... That is uh, December the 16th. Uh, It's out in theaters right now. You can go and watch it. It's not going to be on streaming for a while because I'm sure James also has a contractual obligation to a a certain theatrical window. Uh, I mean, honestly, as you should. Yeah. Uh, Especially nowadays. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it is, of course, written and directed by James Cameron. Uh, It stars... It's returning stars for a lot of this, of course. Uh, it stars Sam Worthington, uh, Zoe Saldana, Stephen Lang, Sigourney Weaver. Um, and then in our new cast, we have Kate Winslet. We have Cliff Curtis. Uh, we've got Edie Falco. Uh, and in our, our young cast, we've got Jamie Flatters. Britton Dalton, uh, Trinity, Jolie Bliss, Jack Champion, and Bailey Bass. Uh, And our premise is Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extrasolar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with Neytiri and the army of the Navi race to protect their home seems like a real i mean that is the plot but also what an oversimplification so um, well i mean it's three hours long they had to give you the the elevator pitch. the bare bones yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i guess uh i'll go ahead and kick things off let me start with answering the question where we left yes 
I think that he has absolutely fallen in love with the world of Pandora and and for the foreseeable future doesn't want to stop telling the story that he does have in his head there. And I do think that you were right. I think that this is a story that he has been forming for a very, very long time. Uh, the first one was definitely that way, and that's part of the reason that the second one took so long, was that he was really ironing out the story. You know, I think the first one was definitely there. Mm-hmm. I think everything after that was a much looser framework, mm-hmm. but was there. And I think that he fell in love with Pandora and loves telling stories there. Um And I think that's totally fine, you know. I think that there are some people who are like, I wish that he would stop doing them and do something else, you know, or whatever. But, like, to a certain degree also, you know, just speaking as a creative, I understand that perspective of, like, Avatar isn't my bag. I think that you're a great filmmaker. Please do something else. I understand that perspective. But also speaking as, like, you know, just a a creative of my own, I also understand the idea that, like, a place could become so intoxicating as a writer, um that you only want to tell stories there for a little while. Um, you know, King went and obviously did other stories, but he also did the Dark Tower um, books, you know, which were focusing on a on a very particular character, set of characters throughout a protracted thing that also tied his universe into one big gargantuan thing. So, you know, I think that it's really hard to to look at a creator and go, don't go and play in this great world that you've created in your head. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, we can critique the stories that are being told in that world. So what did I think of Avatar, The Way of Water? Uh, I thought that it was fantastic. You know, I mean, that's that's one of the things about James Cameron. Like, he does do big, epic, sweeping storytelling in a very, very uh, particular way that not many people do anymore. You know, he takes his time, that's for certain. Um, But I think he also knows how to, like, take three hours and make it go by in a breeze. Um, You know, I wouldn't necessarily say that the movie felt its runtime. You know, it was a pretty dynamic, moving movie. Uh, And you could tell your act breaks, you know, very much as you moved through the picture. And I think that on top of that, one of the things that I respect the most about the movie is that we did build on character arcs and growth. You know, we didn't backtrack, we didn't go back and handhold and go... Do you remember the plot of the first one? Um, we didn't take our characters back and, and break up Jake and Neytiri. You know, and he's got to win her back again. Yeah. we He truly did what a sequel should be doing, which is pick up your characters and move them forward. You yeah. know, continue to grow and move these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he did a really good job of that. I think that he made characters make choices that were... Um, ultimately incredibly natural and therefore also, you know, at times frustrating and things that you as an audience member could understand but disagree with. Yeah. Because they were ultimately people making decisions. And I think that he did a really, really good job of of capturing that. Um, 
And on top of that, I think that he did find a way to continue to make Pandora, you know, magical. And obviously, I think one of the benefits of that is going to the world of water and allowing us to rediscover just as much of the diverse biosphere, you know, that is present underwater as is present, you know, above. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and that's where I'll leave it for right now. What did you think of Avatar, The Way of Water? I completely agree with everything that you just said. Um, <laughs> I thought that I, you know, coming into this movie is, is, is a little bit of a, of a skeptic of, you know, you can't possibly, you know, make it any better, guy. You know, you're going to f- hit your limit and you're going to start to just, you know, f- put Star Wars out into the universe. Yeah, we're going to get Attack of the Clones. Yeah, we're just going to get nonsense. It's going to be, it's money. It's, it's, it's for the money. It's, for, it's bait. It's bait for the audience. It's bait for the fans. Um, We're going to get a Jar Jar character at some point. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be, and it's going to be racist. And it's going to be, and people are going to laugh at it. And we're all going to go, ew, in ten years. Um, But no, it was none of these things, you know. He's going to get James um, Corden doing a Jamaican accent. Oh yeah, right, 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 right. Um, I think that the... (laughs) God... I heard it in my brain and it was just a terrible idea. Oh my gosh. Um, I thought that this movie was, was, was truly, truly breathtaking, not only in its, its visual, um, and not only in its visuals, but also in its story. Um, I really just fell right back in love, you know, with this couple, with this point in their lives that they're, that they're at, you know, now they, now they are parents you know, we didn't go, oh, it's been, you know, X amount of time in the real world, but it's only been a few years on Pandora. You know, nothing's really advanced. No, we, we truly go, all right, it's been like 20 years, guys. What's what's it like back on Pandora again, you know, or or however long it's been? When did, when did the first one come out? Um, the first one came out back in like 2011. Okay, so it's been it's been 11 years, you know, but we've we've advanced 2010, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but we've advanced time. Yeah, I you mean, know. like, he's got a son that at the... His eldest child at the youngest is probably 15. I would say, yeah. Because, you know, he's having these these trials of, of manhood, you know, put upon exactly. him. Exactly. He's, he's being taken more seriously. The coming and, of age stuff. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And um, he's having to be, you know, a young soldier in wartime. Exactly. Um, and I think that, you know, we've got these... We've got these, these, these parents who are just trying to keep their their family safe and uh, but are also, you know, the the leaders of the of the clan as we've left them, you know, from the from the previous film. Um but then also trying to figure out, you know, now now that the danger has returned to Pandora, what are, what are these choices that I I have to make, you know, do I do I stand and fight for my clan or do I I do I fight for my family? You know, these these two different these two different mindsets. Yeah. Um and Jake is struggling with mm-hmm. that um, because he's also has this, you know, this un- unspoken burden of fatherhood put on him, um, you know, and I think that that's really interesting well, it's dynamics. fatherhood and chiefhood. Yeah, yeah. And then we've also got, you know, the battles of Natiri, you know, battling, you know, her her tribal alliance, you know, her family, you know, in the sense that, like, this is her kin, but then also motherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, and in being a partner 
to Jake and, and what that means, you know, and, and, um, it's just, it's, it's truly, truly a lovely story. And like, I don't, I don't doubt in the slightest that this is a true family unit, that these people, you know, 100% did li live the, the little flashes of their life that we see until we get to this point in the future. You know, I believe every bit of this, I believe the dynamics of this, you know, all four of their children and and their different struggles that they're facing in this in this new world of Pandora with these new enemies um I think that my only issue with this film is the format in which it was filmed or at least presented yeah yeah I mean like I think that I think that James Cameron you know for the most part I think that he knows what he's doing. I think that this movie looks spectacular. I think that Pandora is It's magical. never looked realer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The water looks fantastic. I loved, I loved rediscovering, like you said, you know, Pandora, but through this different world, you know, this completely different culture of Navi, you know, and, and how, how they've evolved through time to be these people and why, you know, they are so best suited for the water, you know, I loved the the differences between these two clans from the Navi that we remember from, you know, our forest Navi that we, we had from the original film. And I mean, he truly breached that divide. There were truly shots where if I didn't know, and I don't even necessarily feel this way about the first movie, which I think looks incredible. There were truly shots in this movie where I went, if I didn't know that this shit weren't real, it would I be. would believe that I was looking at something physical. I would believe that I was looking at something real. Um, one of the sea creatures that the little Sigourney Weaver child looks at, mm -hmm. for me, looked so incredibly photo real. The shot of Jake tying his hand mm -hmm. to the saddle. Mm-hmm incredibly photo real in the big screen well i loved um i loved you know breaking apart all of the different facets of life that these people have you know the 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 how they hunt um you know how they how they survive in this environment what that means for their their shelter you know or their food supply or um you know how they interact with their environment what 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 creatures do we have here that are similar to the creatures that we are used to but are different and are, are specifically evolved for this area um you know i loved when they were that that chase scene with it where they're going through like the kelp basically and they they end up in these like air pockets that are like underwater i thought that that was brilliant i thought that mm -hmm. that was so cool these these almost like um upside down uh fly traps is what they looked like um with 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 pockets of air so that way they, you know they could catch their breath but still manage to to stay active in this scene you know all of this problem solving that he's done for for the world is is truly truly breathtaking because it, you you get lost you forget that it's not real because it's so well thought out well and and um much like i saw someone on twitter once say that like paul verhoven and like starship troopers is great because he understands how, like, horrifying the military-industrial complex is, but also how, like, inherently bitchin' some of that shit looks on film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um... The intoxicating nature of it and why we keep doing it, mm -hmm. you know? And also, I think that to a certain degree, like, James Cameron lives in that similar place of, like, 
He knows how to make cool-looking technology. He knows how to make cool-looking aliens. And Mm -hmm. he knows how to put together these big grand set pieces. And to a certain degree, is it not really, you know, no offense, is it is it too dissimilar from the final set piece of the first Avatar movie? No, to a degree. We've got a big singular ship with a lot of other small vessels that are attacking creatures in the sea that are swarming and attacking, and eventually the final confrontation, you know, well, you know, in the in the first Avatar movie, the final t- confrontation takes place off of the big ship. But ultimately, the big ship crashes, you know, and it ends up being well, a final, you know, but it ends in a different way. It ends actually not in, you know, the big final moment of violence. It ends in a moment of a square-off, you know, in this question of how far are you willing to go for your cause. Well, yeah, and also I think that the the tactics that the humans use, because they are, you know, I think that the They're sim- set in their ways. Yeah, exactly. I think that the similarities, regardless of how advanced they've become, they still are using the same exact tactics. We've got, you know, the, the one big ship that holds a lot of little ships, you know... That, that, the, that are using all of their tactics to try and pick off people one at a time while the big one can do what it needs to do, which is like the, the money shot, pretty much, you know? Um, However, this one, um, you know, also I think is definitely a little bit more protracted of a sequence. Like, James Cameron really devotes the final third to, like, well, we also have more players involved. Yeah. You know, we've got more storylines to keep up with and, you know, remember where such and such is at this time and and go over here and and progress these characters one at a time. It's almost like Rogue One in the sense where we've got, you know, all of these people in all of these different places still going towards, you know, one final goal. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is basically complete the plan and get home alive. Well, and, and speaking on that, you know, the structure of the film is great because act one is essentially establish where our characters are now, our good guys. Mm -hmm. Reintroduce our bad guys. And by the way, the reintroduction of the bad guys is one of the most um, insane cinematic moments ever. I mean, it's right up there kind of honestly with, for me, it, it is kind of up there with like, the destruction of Fangorn, you know, for the for the creation of the Orakai in Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. You get this incredible moment of just hellfire, you know, and this mechanized army, you know, that is faceless and in the hundreds now, mm-hmm. um, and it's insane. You know, it's such an empower. Uh, it's such a an impactful and and powerful moment, um, and then we move forward with reintroducing our villains, um, which, by the way, I think that this movie actually gave it was perhaps a at times less fun performance, but I think that this movie actually gave Stephen Lang a better character to work with with his Miles Corridge that has been reborn than his Miles Corridge that was a human. Well, I think, I think that's his the... Miles Corridge was a little one note. I think that's the whole point. Ah. Uh, I think that, you know, with every generation, 
mm-hmm. you know, regardless of it being like a literal or, or metaphorical generation, we are getting more advanced. Yeah. You know, where that's why that's why he has more conflict in his morale in in what he wants out of this, you know, um, in his in his humanity. He's become more human in this form than he ever was before. You know, this it, and he's still not great. Yeah. He's you still know? not fully formed. And so it is this next generation. You know, maybe maybe a generation after that we will we'll come closer again to it. But it's all about it's all about access and education, you know. And and at the end of the day, understanding. He couldn't possibly understand what it was like to be not be until he was, you know, born it. Yeah. And still, you know, he was outsider to it. And it's now conflicted between his his personal identity. Yeah. Um also, interestingly, you know, you were we were talking earlier about this being a penultimate moment for his career, you know, and how it ties into the other movies that he's made. To a certain degree, the army going and actively creating um, avatars of the soldiers and using them as, like, infiltrator units is really a, a resurrection of his ideas from Terminator. Mm-hmm. The idea of put the the killer bots in flesh suits. Mm-hmm. So that way, when you first see them, You've got no way of knowing. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked the structure of this this film. Um, it was kind of like a, you know, it was a dismantling of the familiar almost, you know, with, with, our, with, our, with our war that is continued on, you know, to this, this new world exploration. You know, we get to have our, our Pandora new love moment, you know, all of these these kids get to be kids again for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because Act 2 then gets to go and be essentially kind of like a recreation of Jake Sully's introduction. And yes, 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 yes. Because, but then... With his son. Exactly. And, but instead of it being um, this man from another world uh, in a literal sense, you know, in this in this body that he doesn't belong in, it's this kid who's just from a different town, pretty much. Yeah, having to come and learn the customs... Of people that, you know, are like him. They are Na'vi, but they live completely differently than he does. And so it's the culture shock. Yeah, and they also have their own prejudices because of that. Because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, this is also about, you know, this is a race story as well, you know. Can can you truly be accepted into this new culture? You You are not from here. You do not look like me. You know, how can I trust that you will respect me and my ways? Yeah. In the in a in the same sense, and that's I think that that's where where Jake is is finding a lot of strength in this movie because he has also lived this before. Whereas all of these, you know, um, Natiri and her children are experiencing this all for the first time and are each having their own issues with um, transitioning. Interestingly, though, I think that, that also gets. I think that this brings us into maybe one of my biggest critiques of Cameron as a filmmaker in respect to the Avatar franchise which is that he is telling these stories about race, but then casting in ways that are um, very white. Uh, You know, there's no reason for 
uh, Kate Winslet to be cast as one of the uh, Avatar or one of the one of the Navi people, uh, and I think that like one of the mistakes of the first Avatar film, honestly, is that Jake Sully is white. I think it's one of the the big sort of missteps of of the first film. Do you think that it would have the the idea of him being like I didn't belong with those people, you know, because I was always going to be outcast of of the you know of the group would be made stronger if he if he had been like a person of color. Uh, potentially, and I also don't think that it would have felt. Um, I mean, it obviously would have solved a lot of our, our literal white savior issue. You know, some of that complex of the Jake well, yeah, yeah. instinctively. Well, I mean, that's totally fair. But I think that I think that Hollywood is still having a hard time getting out of that mindset of of the white savior, the magical black person, you know, um, and and the kung fu Asian. Yeah, all those tropes. Yeah, it's 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 baked into our DNA. Even when we get a new version of it, which is you know a little bit more progressive and a little better, it's still living exactly where we expect it to be. You know, just look at everything everywhere all at once. It's a fantastic movie, but at the end of the day, it's still an Asian family centered around like a kung fu battle. It's fair. You know. No, I understand where you're coming from with that. Um. But I do think that... Um... And so I think that ultimately there's a real issue for James Cameron with choosing... And, like, I understand that you made Jake Sully white, and so now we're dealing with that. Do I think that it was good then that you made some of the people that played his children white? I don't know. I think that that's a little bit more of a toss-up for me. Or they're, like, ethnically ambiguous or something, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Because I know I I think I think that you're totally fair. I think that because the new Navi, the the water tribe people of the the Navi that we are introduced to, um, I they are they are obviously supposed to be Pacific Islander, mm-hmm. you know, of of that, uh, you know, culture cultural region, mm-hmm. and it is, it is to your point very strange to then have it be Kate Winslet as doing an accent. Exactly. Yeah, it just. If it, I was to make this live action, because then, then mm. do not literally base them off of a cultural identity. Then mm. make something up entirely new, and that's. I think that that's my, one of the problems, honestly, with Pandora and the entire concept is that it is, it is filtered through, um, filtered through a human lens. Mm-hmm. And so all of the animals look like animals that we are familiar with. Even the Navi look like things that we are familiar with. They are humanoid cat people. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, they're like lions. That's that's what they're shaped like. They're yeah. a pride. Um, but then we go to to um, this new with a chief who literally wears. You literally said lions a pride. The 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 chief literally wears that huge frilled collar that almost looks like a mane. Mm-hmm. 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 And the and the and the mom oh. is the is the witch doctor. And they pulled a lion king in this one. Oh, yeah, when he holds up the baby. Yeah, they straight pulled a Lion King. Yeah, I mean, they're shaped like lions. They've got the flat noses like lions, and the, the tails is what really caught me, you know, because they're very cat-like, but they're very specific cats because lions are the only ones that have, like, the tough of fur, coarse hair, like, right at the end, almost like an elephant. Mm. You know? 
because it is kind of meant to be like a pseudo fly swatter. Exactly. Yeah, for the for the the harsher environment. Mm-hmm. Whereas these people are based more along fish attributes, where they've got more you know angled bodies for making swimming easier, and they've got more of like a a flat paddle tail. Exactly. Exactly. Like a like a beaver or something. Yeah, like I think that. that they're more supposed to be like otters. Mm. And that's also would explain why their faces are very flat and wider set. Kind of like, kind of like otters. But they are very, very, very specifically leaning on like the Navi are supposed to be African. Yeah. You know, these people are supposed to be Pacific Islanders. Yeah. So it's just, again, I feel like that, I think that they, I think that he did better in the last one with like actually casting black people to play. Whereas this one, he was kind of like, eh. Exactly. It is, it's like, what? The hell, James. Yeah. You know, I get it. And I think that she does a phenomenal job. And I, you know, you forget that she's there. But also, it's the principle of the thing at this point. You know, if we're going to, if we're going to go down this line of being If you wouldn't do it in live action, if you wouldn't go and essentially put her in some sort of makeup Yeah, yeah. How is this any, how is this any different than basically doing almost like a blackface? At this point... You know, to to take it to, I guess, the most extremified version of the argument, then at this point, Leo could play, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Because I could just go and slap Martin over top of him. Yeah, and CG. And what's the difference? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same argument as what happened, you know, earlier in, what what was it, 2020 with um, the whole um, Big Mouth Mm -hmm, incident, mm -hmm. you know, um, and Jenny Slate. Yes, I believe it was. Ended up getting recasted because uh, she was... And Kristen, uh, Kristen, Kristen Bell, Bell ended well. up leaving a role. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, this is exactly the same thing. And I understand that these are not real people and real cultures, but they are based in things that are familiar. And he is tying very specifically into these things. And since because he does, you know, lean into to, to realism and, and, and how these people would actually live on this environment, he is pulling... From how people are living in their current environments as well, in these kinds of in these kinds of places, how they have evolved. For sure. So no, I I I do I do I am very um on because also like we don't have Jake Sully now in this one like putting on a Navi accent even though he's been living years with them. I mean yeah, he does he have speaks, his white boy dreads. But that's also just his hair and their culture to an extent. You know, no, he yeah. is just living in that world at that point. Yeah. Um, and living in that body authentically, mm-hmm. but however is... weird and, and awkward that whole storytelling is, you know. But at the end of the day, he is, again, just being Jake. Yeah, you know, when he speaks English, he's not going and doing some sort of weird accent exactly. on top of that. He's speaking English. Yeah, he's not putting on some performance to be like, um, If anything, I, am... I thought that it was also weird how often uh, other aliens were speaking English. I really wish that we heard Navi more. Oh, that's a good critique of the film, actually, for me. I really wish that we heard more people speaking Navi because you went out of your way to make a whole language. I now have Navi and Navi being together, no humans around, and I know that Jake Sully isn't an original Navi or what have you, but I think that there were too many instances of people speaking English instead of Navi. Okay, 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 okay. I like that, I like that. Well, I mean, they um, they they pulled it out of their hat as a, as a, oh, you know, remember that throwaway line that he says at the very beginning of the movie that's like, you know, 
it took it took a while for it to get through my thick skull, but you know, it it's now it's just it comes to me just as easy as English. And maybe that is like a throwaway thing, but then when you have them speaking specifically English at times, I think it gets too gray. No, and I that's that was where I was going to go next is the fact mm. that like that makes sense of when we are with the Navi people, you know, whatever culture we're at, we can hear them just speaking English that is totally fine. You know, because we all understand that they're speaking their other language. But to your point, I think that it should have been like once we were actually around humans that weren't like norm. Yeah. You know, we should have been speaking the the Navi I heard language. more Navi in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And I needed more Navi in this one. No, no, no. The only thing they brought in was scown. No, they dropped that shit left right but that i think that also confuses to a degree the whole they're not speaking english thing yeah but then they get away with um just saying you're so stupid all of the time because now it's not as offensive yeah no i get that you know they're using this as their throwaway curse word yeah like like movies getting around MPAA using words in spanish exactly 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 that's exactly correct yeah um no um but i to to your point no i think that i think that that is also like something that 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 really bugged me about this as well because like i understand i even understand his kids knowing english because like he would want them to just in case and i even then understand the the one son speaking in english sign language because his dad might have taught him like american sign language well for the for the other people no for for him and the whale Oh, he was speak. I thought he was speaking. Oh, was there. he speaking the Navi fish sign language? Yeah. Oh, that was that wasn't that wasn't sign language. Copy, copy. No, I assumed that I I assumed that like time had passed, and to a certain degree, uh, you know, we had our training montage. We need a montage. You know, so I assumed that he was speaking their version of the language because they had all again transitioned to being like a part of the culture. It's kind of his own like a. Uh... The son's story is kind of this really interesting um, story of of the son, like, befriending uh, Taruk Makto. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's sort of the same echo of that. Mm-hmm. This singular version of this animal that everyone else lives in peace with the normal ones. And in fear of this but one. But this one is violent. Mm-hmm. But it's because nobody ever actually, you know, knew the truth. They were just going on rumor. Yeah. And and greeted the animal on its terms, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting movie. Flawed movie. Flawed filmmaker. I know that a lot of um, people from Tribal Nations on Twitter I have seen lately have rediscovered something that James Cameron said back in 2010 um, that they're not overly fond of and are therefore not going to go and see Avatar The Way of Water. Um, he essentially said something to the effect of, like, if certain people, in particular the Lakota, had had a mirror into the future and seen how their their nation, you know, would essentially be a, a dead-end culture with high suicide rates, maybe they would have fought harder. Oh! Well, James. My goodness. So that is... 
Oof. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. No, and, yeah, I, I mean, I get the, I get the, but I get that's the gist. kind of the thrust of it. Ooh, that's not, that's not great. That's he not doesn't great. necessarily say it that uh, brusquely, I suppose, but that's kind of the the heart of it. Ooh, yeah. Well, um, you know, if that's the meat and potatoes of it, then like, wow, James. It's not great. Doesn't sound it. No. Um. Well. I don't know if that mindset has necessarily changed at all with the fact that, like, again, he made very specific choices when making this film. But yeah, I think that there are ways in which James Cameron, as much as I do love what he does as a filmmaker, is a little bit set in some of his mindset and ways. Mm-hmm. And do I think, for the for the average viewer watching this film, that they would know any of no these things? No matter or care, probably not. No, and so for them, this is going to be an A-plus slam dunk, the funk kind of film, you know? Because you're also not going into it with any, any of the knowledge that anything is wrong. But it's worth putting out there yeah, you to know. call to light... A definitive part of the issue, you know, because you look at how, like, Disney went out of their way to make the Moana cast Pacific Islander, yeah. you know, across the board. You can go to that same level of care. Yeah, yeah. You, and especially when you're James Cameron and they're throwing money at you left, right, and center, you can go to that level of care. Yeah, you know, and I just... I get it, you know. I mean, if you needed a name, not that. I mean, let me put a pin in something real quickly. Mm. Not that, not that, I am in love with this idea, but if you needed a name to sell tickets, The Rock would have been that chief. We didn't need to make it the Kate Winslet, you know, part. We could have gone and thrown Dwayne into the chief role. I think he would have I mean, done great in the, the part. Kate Winslet is the chief's wife. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, if we needed a celebrity name in the no, cast No, but also we sell, don't. No, we, we do don't. We don't, because we have Zoe. Zoe is our celebrity. By the way, she did tremendous once again. Oh, she's heartbreaking in this. She, she is, is my favorite actor. She is absolutely perfect in this film. None of the notes that I've given for this film are related to Zoe. No, Zoe is the best part of the first movie, and guess what? Zoe is essentially the best part of the second movie as well. Yeah, it's Zoe, and honestly, like, I really did enjoy the, the narrative of the, of the children, you know? Yeah, and that's surprising. It's hard to get children's narratives right. Yeah, but it's also because we've, we've changed, like, how it's, because it's, it's a moving story also, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like the, the story in, in, in Up, where, where they move to San Francisco, and everything mm -hmm. is gross, and I don't like it here, and it's stupid, uh, not you know? No, oh, oh, Inside Out. That's mm -hmm. the one that I'm thinking of. Yes. Um, but no, yeah, and I just, I really enjoyed it, you know? It, I, I thought that they were, they, I thought that they were all genuinely sweet, you know? And I really enjoyed this family unit. And again, Zoe broke my heart and, and kicks major butt. Always. Always. No, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, that is... There, there are definitely some things about James as a, as a, as a filmmaker and, and these films that are worth critiquing or are worth drawing to, to note. But also I think that at the end of the day, he is still telling an epic story mm -hmm. um, that is still relevant, that mm -hmm. is still interesting, that is also still one of the funnest, most bombastic and truly cinematic. Like if you really want to, if you really want to remember what a cinematic experience is, 
go and see Avatar The Way of Water. Oh, for sure. Honestly, honestly, honestly. Um, And again, I guess to go back to original point, you know, I think that my only, like, major physical note of, like, this film as, like, a presentation, watching it for the first time, like, I think that I could have handled it in 3D if it hadn't been for the high frame rate. And and that could be just a specific thing. And maybe on a smaller screen, the high frame rate won't freak me out as much. But it was just, it was just too much on too big of a scale happening too quickly for like a good third of the film for me. It was making it hard to watch. Um, and yeah, I think, that, you know, other than that, it's beautiful. You know, Pandora looks great as always. She's your main bitch. She looks fantastic. Dressed to kill as always. And I understand why James Cameron wants to keep returning there. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. And I understand why he wants to keep returning, especially to characters like Neytiri. She is maybe one of my favorite characters of a franchise, you know, literally of the last 20 years. Honestly, and she came I back love and she what just Zoe nailed does. it. I lo- she fell right back into the part and she did... I think that she truly bleeds much of herself into Neytiri. And I think that that's why she leaves it all on the dance floor, so to speak. Yeah, you know? I think that she's, I mean, as an as an actor, I think she is truly just a phenomenal force. And I've always been a fan of her work. And I've loved watching her ever, you know, since since the since the very first, since her in, um, in center stage, you know, she's 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 eye-catching you can't look away from her she steals every scene that she's in because she knows what she signed up for yeah and and you believe it 100 percent. no absolutely uh so if you had to give avatar the way of water a score out of five what would you give it i'm gonna give avatar the way of water a four and a half hmm I think that this is is really just just smashing work, you know. It's it's really above and beyond great. I just would love to be able to watch it without getting like a slight motion sickness. Mm. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there, you know. Um I got a lot of eye strain watching this film and that's that's not something that I can go into. I can't binge this movie for 24 hours. I think I think my eyes would bleed. I get that. I think I am going to go with a four. Okay, 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 okay. Um, I think that... I think that ultimately, fundamentally... As impressive as the film is, I am gonna... I am gonna ding him hard for, for things like Winslet. Um, I think that that's totally fair, honestly, you know? Especially because I think that it does muddy some of your objective here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It makes you seem a little tone deaf. No, yeah, and also... And even though I understand that the story is good at its heart, I still think that there are some ideas that, that need some ironing out, and I don't think that he's necessarily... Reach out to someone, you know? Like, reach out to anybody reach out to Guillermo del Toro you know and and just because get a little bit of a better sense because this isn't Kate Blanchett playing um oh gosh I don't remember the name of the monkey in in um Pinocchio. oh in Pinocchio yeah, yeah no that's no. not this yeah no because also like that's it's a just, monkey it was a monkey 
It's a monkey. It's it's a monkey that lives in Italy. We don't know the story of this monkey. It could be a Russian monkey for all we know. Yeah, it's a monkey. Um you know, it's 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 it is one of those things that like you should know better. And also I think that um yeah, I I I think that I also still um especially now in 2022. Like yeah. get it together. And I and I will say even though the movie breezed and I'm not sure I guess where I would say that you could cut it down that runtime is hard no um I do think I it is it is a it is a I could fight. lose maybe a scene somewhere I'm certain that there's like maybe a military scene or something that I could lose I mean honestly no offense to Chikatita with her fun like walking machine and her coffee m- mug bit and all of that like we could have gotten rid of that whole character. I what did she do after that point? Yeah, I mean the new general unless she's really going to play into things interestingly moving forward, the new general could have just been resurrected Korich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started where we left off and it's been Giovanni the whole time running the shtick while he's been gone. Yeah, and he gets rebirthed. You know, you know, forever and, how long it takes the, the rebirthing process to take. You know, maybe it takes six years yeah. on top of the six years of the travel. And you know? so I think that you could definitely go and, and do something like that. Um, so to your point, I think that, like, there are definitely some ways that we still could have probably trimmed some fat. And I think that that's probably where I'll I'll give it the four. Yeah, I think that that is, that is all fair notes. But other than that... It is still one of the best things that you can go and watch this year. Literally. No, it's, it's, Absolutely. It is. Like, it is a roller coaster ride. It is I loved a great it. time. We watched it with my folks, and we all walked away and were like, wow, that was a great film. And the four is me, I guess, coming to it. Um, you know, also, I'll say this. You know, this isn't me giving a... Because grading of films, I guess, for me, is such a nebulous thing, right? To a degree. This isn't me giving a, a four to a solid mid-budget horror movie, you know, or a, a four to... This is me grading it on the sense of, you're the guy that made the first Avatar. You're the guy that made Titanic. You're the guy that made Aliens. I'm grading it on this kind of spectrum. This is a James Cameron four. You know, so, like, for you everyone know else, this is a five. Yeah, and, like, you know better. Yeah, you're an adult in the room of filmmaking and you know better. Exactly. Um, and so this isn't, this isn't, you know, your, your house five. This is a, or a, a house four. This is a, this is a James Cameron four. Yeah. Um, no, which I get is that. everyone else's 10 on a five scale. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if, um, uh, if, if Mark Webb, you know, of, of Amazing Spider-Man and 500 Days of Summer fame, had been the one to direct Avatar The Way of Water, and this is what he did, mm-hmm. I'd be astounded. I'd be blown away that he could, I mean, you honestly, know, master, yeah. you know, the same degree of Cameron. Mm-hmm. But for Cameron, this is a four. For me. Yeah, I yeah. think. Sometimes you have to grade the student on their work, you know, I guess. With, in accordance with, with the student. Yeah, with, with their skill level in mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I understand. I understand where you're at, and I think that's all you know. Very valid stuff that you said, you know, um, because it is something that we have to keep in mind in this in this new uh, new media landscape that we're in. Um, 
is is making a conscious effort to not just do something because you want to, but you, you know, to go through all of the the ethical, you know, checkpoints as well to make sure that it still lines up with the values that you're also putting on screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's the same essentially fundamental issue with um, Disney being like, this is a gay character. And they're like a throwaway five-line character. Or they like don't do anything <clears throat> until like the very back of a scene that is two seconds long. You know, thank goodness you did that, Disney. We wouldn't possibly feel that representation any other way, you know. No, absolutely. Uh, and I think that it's ultimately kind of the same fundamental issue. Well, I mean, you know, um, it's it's kind of like your your mom talking about the, the the raises. Yeah. You know, what is eighteen cents an what hour? What is it? Yeah. It's like you didn't do anything, and I'd rather you didn't at this point. You know, you might as well have not. No, absolutely. But other than that, I did truly love the movie, and this is truly one of the best things that you can and should go and see on the big screen. It is worth it. I really mean that. Yeah, because it's also a great time. It's an incredible experience. It's beautiful. Couldn't recommend it enough. It is one of the most potently cinematic moments that you can ever go and see. There are multiple moments, you know, that that are fundamentally, especially if you love a theater experience, especially, you know, large format things like IMAX and, and, and so forth. There are certain things on here that are as, as potently, you know, a pseudo-religious experience as some of the shots of the first Avatar. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah, I mean, there are people out there that genuinely think this stuff is real. There are you know shots in this in this movie that are as dramatically impactful as seeing the T-Rex break out of the cables in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um and so I think that like it is 100% worth the big screen experience and I think that ultimately James Cameron is probably right in that one of two things are the way forward in the foreseeable future, either 3D or high frame rate. And it's one of those two, and you shouldn't bet against Cameron because he he typically wins in the end. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think he, you know, gets a little overzealous. And oh, goes, yeah. I've got a lot of toys. What if I use them all at once? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And Everybody I'll never, I'll never disagree with that. Um... Moving on, uh, I wanted to just sort of um, discuss some new trailers that have dropped. Mm -hmm. um, the Barbie trailer dropped. The Oppenheimer trailer dropped. Um, some quick reactions on those from you. Also, oh. Scream, Scream 6. Yes, we did watch the Scream 6 trailer. So, um, honestly, so what are your thoughts? Honestly, I'm I'm so pumped for the Barbie movie. I don't care what's going to happen at are this you, point. Are you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I you know, I, I, honestly, I honestly weren't sure if it was... I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be... I weren't sure. I'm an idiot. I wasn't <laughs> sure... Moron. I wasn't sure if it was going to be your bag. Oh, no. It looks ridiculous. I'm so here for it. Um... If anything, it can all it can do, I guess, is disappoint. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm but I'm I am looking really forward to it. I like the the quirkiness of the of the um 
the trailer being being a spoof on uh 2001 a space odyssey like i think it's funny and this is all this it's it's all a part of the joke and i'm 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 totally here for it i'm i'm enjoying myself um oppenheimer i think that i'm i'm interested in watching oppenheimer definitely not for the same reasons that i'm interested in watching the barmy film um it's it's not something that I'm really familiar with the history of, so I'm I'm curious on a on a historical level to 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 even just get some dramatized, fictionalized uh, history thrown at myself. But also, like I think that it it looks it looks really interesting. Um, it's got a it's got a good cast of of characters as well. Um, Emily Blunt is in it, and I didn't know that until the trailer. So it's a it's an enormous cast. A lot of people wanted to be a part of Ovenheimer. Well, I mean, it's a Chris Nolan thing, so, you know, it makes sense. Um, I think this is his first movie out of his Warner contract. Oh. I think. Well, it looks like they put money into this thing. Well, um, I don't know the exact details, but he has gone to extreme lengths for the recreation of his nuclear explosion. Really? Yeah, extreme lengths. Wow. Um, he is one of a kind. He is a madman. He is a little bit of a Kubrick of our time. Mm-hmm. You know, demanding to the highest order. Mm-hmm. Um, extreme in every sense. Um, articulate in cinematic knowledge sometimes more interested in a theme than in character work. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. Um, and willing to, to do anything for whatever he thinks is an interesting puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and interested in the actual spectacle of filmmaking. Like, that is truly what he loves. No, I think that that's all fair. Honestly, Oppenheimer looks like it looks like um it's going to be right up your dad's alley kind of movie. I actually am not sure that it will be. Oh, well, it looks like it's a right up my dad's alley kind of movie. Um I think that it's also I think that your dad will like it in in terms of its history, but I'm not sure that it's one that your dad will return to a lot. No, but he he it's if it's about history, he's got to watch it. I've got a a, a strange feeling that um and maybe I'm dead wrong about this, that this movie will have a strange kinship to something more like Amadeus. Oh, well, I love that Mozart. movie. Or then, uh, then like, uh, then, um, uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, I mean, I did not think that this thing was going to be at all like Saving Private no, Ryan. No, no, no. But, you I know. I thought that this was going to be more like, um, I guess not in the sense of, like, the action point of it, but I guess I was thinking it was going to be, like, all of the slow points of, like, 1917. Mm, mm. You know, very serious. You know, we're not playing any games here. Like, all the stakes are real, but, like, maybe less, you know, uh, running across a beach, you know. Yeah. As, as gunfire run, rushes past you. I'm actually wondering if the world is going to go black and white after the nuclear explosion. Mm. Because Robert Downey's stuff is in black and white. Mm-hmm. But, like, some of the movie was in color. I'm curious about this film a lot. Um, I've Honestly, I really enjoy Christopher Nolan as a, as a director. I enjoy um, 
looking at his 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 movies that he's he's put out you know the dark knight franchise is is classic you know we grew up watching those films um prestige incredible yeah yeah uh you haven't seen that one but it's a remarkable movie no honestly and like you know it's definitely a name that that um when you say it it it, it forms a picture you know in my mind there are some directors that are just a name but like he's he's got he's got some movies tagged onto his his list in my you know he's got bullets it's nice um what's our what's our last trailer scream six Oh, I think I'm looking more forward to this one than I was the last one. Okay. Um, I like the fact that we've completely changed locations, it looks like, you know, because the, the whole trailer is them on a subway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped about this idea of the, and it looked like it was like almost like multiple scream, it's ghost faces. So I loved the idea of this kind of almost like overpowering force of of this huge city and like everywhere they turn is like another ghost face you know this kind of like mob cult mentality like you know making it huge almost and like maybe i'm totally just reading into it but um we've got a lot of survivors um and in classic scream fashion if this is going to be the second one in our new version we need of this, to increase we need to, the body count. We need to increase the body count, and we need to. Um, we're gonna have to kill off one of those twins at least because the the uncle died in the second one. Yeah. So so I'm expecting one of them to die. I'm thinking it's the boy. Maybe both of them. Well, maybe both, but I think that I think that um, I think that the lesbian is is a is a more fun, interesting character, and I hope that she True. survives. But that's just me putting in things into the film that aren't there. Um. But yeah, no, I'm I'm honestly looking forward to it. I I love Jenny uh Jenna Ortega. She's she's doing a great make job. Make a murder and make it double. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um And honestly, like the last one was pretty like legacy centric, and I'm hoping that this one is not going to do that. Well, we do have Kirby. Oh, yeah, but Kirby was awesome. Yeah, Kirby is one of the best things from Scream 4. Actually, Kirby is is truly the best thing from Scream 4. And I, I don't think that Scream 4 is the worst of the Scream franchise. But the best thing of Scream 4 is Kirby. Yes, 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 yes. Which which one was, was Scream 4? Was, is that the one with... Um... That's the one with um, uh, the niece played yes. by... Roberts. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, Roberts. Uh, Emma Roberts. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's the reason why that one doesn't work. And, uh, because she's terrible uh, Kieran Culkin. Well, Kieran is fantastic. Or is that Rory? Oh, oh gosh. That I might be Rory. Me. It might be. It might be. Because Kieran is fantastic. Um, I like all the Culkins. Well, I like all the Culkins, too. But, um, you know, what I don't like is Emma Roberts. Fair enough. Um, but no, uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to Scream 6. Interestingly, um, there aren't, there aren't a lot of, of slashers that take place in big cities. You know, even Jason Takes Manhattan is really on a boat. Yeah, it was Um, not even, he like runs in alleys and stuff. It could have been anywhere. It's because it was a set. And then you go and you look and you've got, like, Candyman, where the first one takes place in the city, but they keep it kind of refined to the projects this sort of isolated part of the city you know um and so it's really interesting to see someone go and take full advantage of the idea that it's in a city and actually 
Carpenter's original idea for Halloween 2 was that it would follow Lori um, living in a high-rise apartment in Chicago. She mm-hmm. left Haddonfield, moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that was the original idea for his Halloween 2. And then we got the most empty ho- a hospital that ever existed in the history of the world. Don't worry about it. So, um, it's a it's a really interesting concept and i really like it you know i think it harkens back to like we discussed with your parents when we were on uh our our trip it harkens back to the idea i think of like scream 2 where you know jada pinkett gets stabbed in the beginning of the movie in a in a movie theater Mm -hmm. in a crowded space um in the pandemonium you know the chaos i think that that would be interesting of doing this all in the subways yeah you know, having this be their, like, escape route from the ghost face, but he's always right there near him still, because also all trains intersect, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's a lot that is really, really interesting there, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and that's pretty much actually all that I have for y'all. The other, the last little bit that uh, of news, of course, is that Henry Cavill is officially out as Superman. And James Gunn is now writing a new Superman movie. Um, And with that, there are reports that both Gal Gadot, uh, because Wonder Woman 3 is over. Yeah. And so there are now reports that Wonder Woman uh, and Superman's cameos in The Flash are both being cut. Honestly, you know, you want to talk about a movie that if they should try and bank on the insurance for. No! like i just don't understand like i feel like ezra must have something in their contract that just says that like nope we can't possibly can't possibly just bury this honestly it may be it may even be keaton oh you already cut my other movie you're not cutting my other movie oh no keaton let it die hey man it's a paycheck thing no, I get that. I get that. I get that. And I'm sure that they don't want to pay out whatever it is that they have to pay him out if they do. Well, because there's no way that he's going to let two movies that he shot get canned. That's fair. And I understand that even as an actor, I I shot two movies and you're canning both of them. Hmm. I I can understand and respect that. No, yeah, but that movie should. It, it's a cursed film. It's going to be five minutes long at this rate. <laughs> They're going to go, hi, I'm the Flash. He's going to zip around a little bit and he's going. And go, it's over. Yeah. Save. Speed force. And then it's done. <laughs> and saved the day. Uh-huh. Um, They're going to recast all of the, the cameos with, with Ezra in those costumes. You know, so it's going to be Ezra dressed up as Wonder Woman and then also dressed up as Batman. You know, it's really going to be a good time. It's We're going to lean into the fact that it's a farce at this point. No, for sure. I think I fixed the movie, honestly, for them. You did. But instead of it being Ezra, we now just make it Timothy Chalamet. That's right. And then we actually fix the film. And no one will notice. Exactly. And we're done here. Because unlike um, Ezra Miller, Timothy hasn't done anything wrong or weird in the last few years. So good for you, Timothy, for being normal. Gold star. Um, I guess that's honestly the last thing that I had in mind. Um, 
The year is wrapping up. Uh, dear listener, if you would like, you can email us and tell us your favorite Christmas movie, or you can tell us your favorite film of the year. Uh, we're going to try and get Henry on sometime before the year is out. Um, dear, do you have anything that you would like to say to the listeners? Stay safe out there. Um, you know, with the, with the, with the sicknesses all around and whatnot, stay safe. Use, use facial protection, you know, yada, yada, the birds and the bees. Um, yeah, you know, nothing worse than, than going to, to grandma's for Christmas and getting COVID. So. And giving it to grandma and killing grandma. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. This is the plot of the real COVID movie. Um, written by James Cameron. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, stay safe out there. I know it's easy to forget, you know, and, and lean back into to how things used to be because it is it is so comforting and so normal feeling. Grandma and... got fucked over by COVID. That's right. But we all want to keep each other safe. So, um, because you would want somebody to minimum do that for you. You know, so let's let's have each other's backs out there. And, um, yeah, yeah, email us. Email us, um, you know, anything. It's, it keeps us in business, you know. Email me what you had for lunch today. I don't care. I don't care. Don't. Please do not. I, I don't want to read it. Oh, um, hey, hey, I'll just know that, that you can send an email, and then therefore <laughs> I will ask of, of more of you. But first, got to start baby steps. Baby steps. Um... But that's pretty much all that we have for you guys today. Thank you guys, of course, for listening. Thank you guys for understanding that it's a little bit of a, of a late post for us. And get ready for this uh, coming episode where we're doing a, a double up for y'all of white noise and glass onion. So keep an eye out for that. Stay safe out there, like my dear wife said. Um, enjoy the holiday season. Merry Christmas to those you know, who are, who are celebrating. Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah, you know, is, is officially underway. Um, and, uh, enjoy the season. Enjoy each other. Uh, and, uh, you know, the togetherness. Uh, and, uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.